Weavians, and welcome back to another episode of the Weaving Words Podcast. This week, we are telling a story with a prompt that was suggested by Caleb, a uh, previous guest. Uh, he has suggested uh, post-apocalyptic uh, reconstruction, uh, which I thought was a really, really cool prompt. Um, I'm usually thinking about stories that are similar to that anyways, because uh, for me, you know, all, all these stories, you uh, movies, TV shows, books, and stuff that, that uh, you uh, digest... Um, when they're usually like epic cataclysmic events, you know, you, there has to be something afterwards, you know, the story continues, at least in my head, uh, the, the story always continues. Um, you know, apocalypse happens like Terminator, the story continues. You want to know what happens after the, the, the robots take over, you know, uh, I don't think they've ever shown the humans win. So like, there's always story to tell. And that's what I kind of find interesting about, uh, um, post-apocalyptic stories is what's the story after this? You already had this crazy high action you know cataclysmic event how's the story gonna be interesting afterwards it's like wiping the border or it's like uh you know telling a story with an etch-a-sketch and then you shake it up and start again it's it's just it's it's interesting i found it interesting at least um so i uh took that uh suggestion and uh, ran wild with it i'll try to keep the intro short since uh the story ended up being a lot longer than i thought would be uh so i hope you enjoy it i'll see you on the other side uh and enjoy He said the docks. We've walked for five days and now we're here at the docks. How come we're still walking? Arthur whined as he trudged along with the rest of the troop. Just keep your eyes peeled for the dock with the Sovereign Seas flag, replied Nelson. It was exceptionally foggy. Vision was limited, so they had to be really attentive as to not miss anything. What does their flag even look like? Arthur asked, struggling to keep pace with Nelson. It has a flock of seagulls on it, Nelson said, still surveying the buildings lining the docks. A flock? What is that? Arthur asked with a vexed look on his face. A flock is another word to describe a group of something. Like a flock of sheep or a flock of birds. Now keep your voice down, please. We're outside of the borders of the Emerald Kingdom. We don't want to lose any more men, Nelson said with a hint of agitation in his voice. Since leaving the kingdom's territory, the troop had lost five of the twenty men who started on this mission. Along with the constant threat of mutated brad beasts, there was also the danger of falling to a bandit ambush. I'm sorry, Nelson. One last question. What's a seagull? Arthur asked, visibly embarrassed. <sighs> a seagull is a type of seabird. From a distance, they look like stretched out M's. Just like that. Nelson replied as he pointed in the direction of a tarp waving in the wind. It was attached to a pole by a dock. Nelson whistled and pointed to the makeshift flag. The other men stopped, looked in the direction he was pointing, and started walking over. Oh, wow, Nelson. You're really smart. I can see why you were chosen for this, Arthur said, impressed by Nelson's knowledge and skills. Yes, my village has had a long history of not only advising the royal family, but providing ammunition to most of the villages that require it. Nelson replied as he pulled out a pistol from its holster and walked with the rest of the group, keeping his head on a swivel, surveilling his surroundings. You have a gun? I don't know anybody that has one, much less a working one. Well, nobody besides you now, that is. 
Arthur exclaimed, amazed with the information Nelson gave. I'm beginning to wonder why you're here, Arthur. You clearly don't have any sort of stealth training or tact. Nelson acted as he aimed his gun at some of the seagulls perched on top of the buildings leading to the dock. Well, I don't know what tact is, but you don't need stealth to be a great swordsman. When the king asks for the best swordsman from every village, you answer the call. Arthur answered as he drew his sword. Well, make sure to keep your eye on the ground and I'll cover the elevated positions. Some of those birds look funny, Nelson said as he squinted at the seagulls on the roofs. A few of the seagulls flew from the roofs up along the harbor edge. The group made it to the dock and looked around. They were supposed to be here waiting for us, an archer named Brian said as he looked down the dock. You don't think they're setting us up, do you? Garrett asked, keeping his axe and shield at the ready. No, I don't think so at least. They're probably playing it safe. That's what I would do, Nelson said, still watching the roofs. There were more seagulls on the roofs now, before Nelson could say anything. A ship horn blared from up the harbor. A large ship emerged from the fog. The ship horn blasted again, rattling the dock. The group stood silent as the ship drifted to a stop at the end of the walkway. The ship's massive size made the dock look like small planks of wood next to it. Flocks of seagulls covered almost every part of the ship. The ship's boarding ramp lowered slowly. Once it was down, some of the seagulls started moving towards the opening. Their movement was strange. Neither their wings or legs were moving. Once they reached the opening, it was clear what was going on. Under the seagulls were sailors, each armed with some sort of weapon. Some had cutlasses, a few had nets in hand, others had spears. You can see the seagulls back on the boat rose up to show sailors with crossbows. It's a trap! Arthur shouted as he got in a defensive stance. The rest of the group formed a defensive circle facing outwards. They readied their weapons, tensing up in anticipation. The sailors stopped and let out a caw in unison. Over two dozen seagulls returned the call from the roofs of the buildings behind them and rose to reveal even more archers. Everyone stop! Put your weapons down! Nelson commanded the troops around him. We're not even going to put up a fight? Arthur questioned Nelson. If they wanted us dead, they would have killed us while we were distracted by the boat. Put your weapons away. Remember, we're here to talk, not fight. Nelson said as he holstered his gun. The sailor up front noticed Nelson had a gun. He seemed to be the one in charge. The head sailor let out a call that was relayed all the way back to the ship and to the roofs. The seagulls stood down and went back down to their perches. Well, I'm glad you aren't all the violent inbred hicks the rest of the world jokes about. The sailor said as he and his entourage neared. Not all of us find our cousins that attractive. Well, I don't speak for everyone here, Nelson replied. <laughs> Arthur let out a chuckle. The sailor's attention snapped to Arthur and glared daggers at him. After a drawn-out silence, the sailor started laughing. <laughs> okay, maybe that one looks like he fancies his cousin. Wait, what? No, Arthur started to say. I take it by the way you command your men and that weapon strapped to your thigh that you're the king, the sailor said, looking Nelson in the eyes. No, I'm just one of his advisors. Jeremy, can you please introduce yourself? Nelson replied and looked over to the group. The circle opened up and outstepped Jeremy. 
He was a young man, aged about 14 or 15. He was wearing regal-looking body armor that was about two sizes too big. Hello, sir. I am Jeremy, king of my people. It is a pleasure to meet you. Jeremy reached his arm out as he introduced himself. The sailor looked at his outstretched hand and laughed. <laughs> Are you serious? He's a child. I doubt the boys even had his first lay. <laughs> uh, I don't see what that has to do with anything, Jeremy said before one of the sailors in the back interjected. That's a no. <laughs> All of the sailors erupted into laughter. <laughs> Stop laughing. Jeremy screamed out of frustration. The sailors stopped laughing, and the leader stepped up to Jeremy, grabbing him by the chest plate and lifting him up. Jeremy was almost falling out of the armor and was holding on so he wouldn't slip out. Nelson drew his pistol and aimed it at the sailor along with the rest of the crew who readied their weapons once more. The seagulls trained their weapons on Nelson and the group in response. Now listen here, you little shit. You request a parley with our kingdom, and when we meet with you, you start shouting orders like a petulant child. Do you know who I am? I am Nile. Son of Zachary, commander of the Seagulls, the greatest naval force this world has ever seen. I am the leader of the Sovereign Sea. I am the Salty King. The Salty King dropped Jeremy onto the dock after giving him a thorough verbal lashing. Come on, Gulls, let's head out. It looks like we wasted our time coming here. The Salty King turned and started walking away with his men. No, wait, please, I'm sorry. It's just, we need your help. Every second we waste, my people suffer longer. Jeremy shouted out. The Salty King stopped and turned towards him. Help? We all need help, my boy. Some more than others in this world. But what could we offer you, the Emerald King? The king whose kingdom is so green and full of life. Jeremy interjected. That's the problem. The winds have turned against us. They have stopped bringing rain clouds. Water is so scarce that the green is shrinking. Crops wither away. Garden soil is drying out. My people are already on the reserves, and I fear we will not make it another year. Please, your people have found out how to thrive with very little water. Show us how. I know my people helped yours out in the past. We ask, no, we, we beg that you do the same. Please. Jeremy was on his hands and knees begging. Do you know why we're known as the Salty Kingdom? It is only in part due to the salty seas we live in. We are a nation born of all the people who fled to the seas when the bombs dropped over two centuries ago. We are amassed on freighters, battleships, aircraft carriers, tugboats, and dinghies. We formed the nation because we knew that together we stood a better chance than apart. The salt from the sea brought us together, but what held us together was the salt from our tears. The tears we shed when we could not find drinkable water to sustain us. The tears we shed when we could not grow any types of crops because salt water just like us would poison the plant. The tears we shed when our mothers would die of dehydration giving birth. Two whole generations of children grown up without a mother. The salt from those tears shed and the salt from the sea has kept our nation strong and together for the last two centuries. You speak of help your people gave us. We found your people only a few decades after we formed our nation. We had a few instances of conflict, but soon peace was found. The help your people gave us was some crops and seeds to grow them on our own. We did not yet have a way to desalinate the ocean's waters. Any seeds planted would surely not yield a harvest. Your king knew this and still gave us the seeds. Those seeds mocked us for over half a century. It was not until 80 years ago that we figured a way to desalinate water consistently. And it took another 20 years after that. 
to be able to produce enough water for our people and the crops to thrive. What say you in response to knowing the plight of our people and how your kingdom helped ours? The salty king looked down at Jeremy. Your people have suffered. There's no question about that. But to be given seeds is not something done out of malice. Seeds are life. They are the ability to sustain yourself. They are hope. We only give out seeds to those we wish to see thrive alongside us. The king must have known this. He must have known you would find a way to make it work, and he gave you the seeds to give you hope for when you did. Your people should know better than anyone else that we are best when we come together, because that is when we have the most hope. Jeremy had stood up while responding and held his hand out once more. The salty king looked at Jeremy's hand and then to Nelson. You've done a good job advising the young king. He speaks wise words for someone his age, he said as he stuck his arm out to his side and let out a loud caw. A seagull flew to him and perched itself on his arm. You talk about coming together, but without living as we do, you can never truly understand what it means to be salty. Before I shake your hand, are you willing to do what it takes to come together? The salty king stretched the arm with the seagull towards Jeremy. Yes, I'll do whatever it takes, Jeremy replied. Good, now stick your arm out, the king instructed. Jeremy stuck his arm out and the seagull walked onto it. We have a tradition in our culture, a sort of coming-of-age ritual. When a boy or a girl believes himself to be ready, they hatch a seagull egg. They nurture the bird until it has matured into an adult. Now go ahead, pet it, soothe it, earn the bird's trust, the salty king instructed Jeremy. Once they have trained the seagull properly, they are then instructed to kill the bird and drink its blood. As cruel as it sounds, it is the greatest lesson they can learn. You must be able to train the gulls. But you must also understand that they are disposable. If needed, you will have to kill them to survive. It is a type of baptism and blood. You will need to be baptized as well, young king. The salty king told Jeremy. Uh, are you serious? Jeremy asked. If you are serious about coming together, this is the way it has to be. The salty king solemnly replied. You don't have to do this, Jeremy. Nelson interrupted. But I do. If we are to save our people, we will do what we must replied Jeremy. How do I do this? Jeremy asked the Salty King. Grab it by the head. It'll have to be a firm grasp because it will panic and try to fly away, he replied. Jeremy grabbed the seagull by the head as instructed. The bird started flapping vigorously trying to escape. What's next? Jeremy asked through the flapping wings. In order to snap its neck without making it suffer too much, you will spin his body around a couple of times in a fast whipping motion. The Salty King said as he gestured the motion. Jeremy snapped the bird's neck in the manner he was instructed. The bird spasmed for a few more seconds and finally ceased. What next? Jeremy asked, clearly upset about what he had just done. What, what next? Jeremy asked, clearly upset about what he had just done. Next, you cut the head off and drink its blood. You drink until there is no blood that will pour out. Here, take this. The Salty King handed Jeremy a small blade with a flock of seagulls carved into the handle. Jeremy took the knife and cut off the seagull's head. He looked around at the sailors and at his men. He nodded and raised the body over his head and started pouring the blood into his mouth. He swallowed the blood in big gulps, gagging at the smell and taste. Once he was done, he threw the bird's remains into the water. Jeremy looked at his men. 
His face was spattered with blood, dripping from his beard. His men were silent. He then looked back to the sailors. As he did, the silence was shattered by the eruption of cheers coming from the sailors on the boat, the roofs, and the dock. <laughs> How was it, my boy? The Salty King asked Jeremy. It, it was very salty. Here's your knife, sir. Jeremy replied as he returned the blade, his other hand outstretched waiting for the handshake. Call me Nile. <laughs> you can keep the blade. Consider it a gift. And if we're to come together, we don't shake hands. We embrace. The Salty King hugged Jeremy and lifted him off his feet. Now, come on, my boy. Let's get you across the pond to the Sand Sultan. The Salty King said as he walked Jeremy down the dock. The Sand Sultan? Wait, I came to get help from you. Jeremy replied, perplexed. And I am helping you by getting you across the ocean to someone who can help you with your problem. The Salty King said as he and Jeremy walked up the boarding ramp. How was this Sand Sultan supposed to help me? Jeremy questioned, still confused. Well, you're not going to be growing crops on boats out at sea, right? You're trying to grow crops on land with very little water. Who better to help you with that than a kingdom in the middle of a desert? King Nile elaborated. You're right, I didn't think of that. Nelson, send the men we can spare back to the kingdom to let them know where we are going and what we are doing. Jeremy said as he turned towards Nelson to give him the order. Will do, Nelson replied as he pointed at five men in the group and he sent them on their way. The remaining men boarded the ship. The ramp was drawn up and the ship started moving out towards the sea. King Nile grabbed all of the sailors' attention and shouted out, Listen here, you salty bastards. This here is the Emerald King himself, King Jeremy. Yes, he is a bit on the younger side, and maybe he's not as experienced as the most of you, but as you can see by the bloody face paint, he's one of us. So for the love of God, let's get one or three of our beautiful ladies to clean him up and give him a friendly welcome, if you know what I mean. <laughs> the sailors erupted in cheers and laughter. Oh, I forgot to mention, the young king's a virgin, so be patient with them. <laughs> king now added as the sails erupted into even more cheers. As the cheers faded, all that can be heard is the sound of the ship horn and seagulls as the ship drifted further into the horizon. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that story. It was definitely a lot of fun to write. Um, 
it was really cool kind of creating this world and these people and you know uh little cultures and maybe who knows we might get more stories of uh you know the emerald and salty king and their travels and more of this post-apocalyptic world you know <laughs> where people are living out at sea and in little forests and stuff like that and out in the desert you know i got some cool ideas for the the desert kingdom um kind of uh what their people are going to be like and who's going to be leading them and whatnot um but yeah if you guys like that story as always as always please let me know how i can make it better share it with a friend family member the freaking 7-eleven cashier that you talk to all the time when you're getting your scratchers i've started getting a lot of scratchers lately because you know what man i don't got nothing better to do um but yeah, like, uh, just again, it, it helps out. I see a lot of my, uh, a lot of my friends, a lot of my family, you know, they'll share, they'll like, and I really do appreciate that. Cause the more we get it out there, the more people that, uh, listen to it, which means the more prompts we get, um, which means more stories and it's just fun. And again, if there's anybody, um, you would like to see come back that I've talked to in the past, you know, one of the three errands or, or, uh, Caleb or, you know, you know, Ray, anybody else, uh, let me know. Cause, uh, it's always a lot of fun hanging out, talking with those guys. I mean, I, I hang out and talk to them anyways, but you know, it'd be cool to let you guys in on the conversation as well. We can always d pick different topics to talk about stuff like that. Um, if you have any suggestions for prompts or any suggestion or any suggestions for making the uh, podcast better, you know, whether it's editing, storytelling, writing, voice acting, you know, I'm doing my best. It freaking hurts my throat to do that stupid pirate voice. Um, but that's what I had in mind for the, the character. So I did it. Yeah. If you have any suggestions about anything, let me know. We have a Facebook Weaving Words podcast. We have Instagram, same thing, Weaving Words podcast. Uh, we have a Discord server, Hooligan Squad. Uh, I'm in there. A lot of my friends are in there. We're just hanging out, talking, you know. Um, if you have any, again, any suggestions, make them known because uh, every day is an opportunity to get better. Why not, you know, be part of that? Why not be part of the process of making things better? Uh, thanks a lot for everyone who's been listening. Uh, if you haven't already, give me a follow on, uh, the Apple podcast, uh, app or on the Podbean app. Uh, and yeah, have a good one guys until next time. Uh, this has been Roman with weaving words podcast. Thank you. Goodbye. Adios.